Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Balancing Heaven and Earth Radio Show. With your host, Denise Iwana. On the Star Nations Radio Network. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Star Nations Radio Network and welcome to an evening of balancing heaven and earth. Hello to everyone in both of the chat rooms, both on Facebook and Blog Talk Radio, and those of you. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Star Nations Radio Network and to Balancing Heaven and Earth. This is Denise Iwana. I'd like to welcome everybody who is already in both of the chat rooms and those of you that are filing into the chat rooms. And, of course, a great big shout-out to Lili, our Mistress of Oz, our producer here at Star Nations Radio Network, for being behind the scenes this evening to make sure that everything runs beautifully so I can just do what I do. And uh, to all of you that are listening tonight and on the archives, welcome to Sacred Space. As uh, I am talking, we have some beautiful black copal burning here in my office studio. And uh, we're talking about a beautiful subject tonight, shadow and light, and the art of discernment. And, uh, you know, when we, sometimes when we talk about these things, Spirit likes to participate right along with us. And so I had the copal, the black copal burning for quite some time before the show started tonight uh, to prepare sacred space and to make sure that the space around me stays clear while I am visiting with all of you tonight. So as you know, this is a show where you are most welcome to ask questions in both of the chat rooms questions and comments are very much welcome and uh, let's get started with the show tonight shadow and light and discernment those are potent subjects and the reality of life is that we exist in both shadow and light and that in our interior castle we experience and we live with shadow and light We learn in shadow and light. And I happen to believe myself that some of our greatest lessons, our greatest teachings happen when we walk with the shadow of ourselves and when we walk through the darkness of teachings that present themselves um, in that manner in order to help us find the light, right? To help us forge our light. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So, oh, good evening, Cindy Lynn and Jocelyn and Rob, Sharon. Oh, it's good to see everybody here. Lady Hawk, Sonia, very good. Tracy and all of the guests that are filing in. It is wonderful to have you with me this evening. 
many of you I will be seeing this Sunday when my sisters are here. And uh, Del Marie is, of course, teaching a class on Sunday. The Medicine Wheel Teachings. Good stuff. And uh, they should be here Friday evening, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time. So hopefully everybody will be able to stay in the Blog Talk uh, chat room. And I'd like if everybody would, wherever you happen to be, to just take a deep breath in and fill your body with light. One of the easiest ways to do that is as you breathe, to imagine light being breathed into your body, into your emotions, into your spiritual body, emotional body, physical body, spiritual body. Breathe in light, breathe in joy, and exhale fully. One of the beautiful things about this spiritual path and walking the path of spirit with spirit is that we all know that the non-physical reality is just as real as physical reality. We all know that. And it doesn't necessarily take somebody who is a seer or a clairvoyant to understand that. right? We all have these amazing times with spirit. When spirit touches us in a way, touches us in our dreams, touches us in our activities during the course of a day, touches us during those times in our life when we are going through transition, when we are going through initiations, we are touched by spirit. And those touchings from spirit come sometimes, you know, divinely uh, inspired by angels, our guides in spirit. And sometimes our angels are our guides in spirit, by the way. Some people will ask, well, Denise, is it possible for an angel to be a spirit guide? (laughs) Well, they are in spirit and they are guiding you. So, yes, an angel can certainly be a spirit guide, as can an animal. See, we get so technical in our humanness, don't we? We have to divide everything up into categories and have, like, quantum mechanics for every little thing and every little aspect of spirit. My whole philosophy behind spirit guides is if they are in spirit and they are guiding you, they can be a spirit guide. And, yes, that does include those that we love who have gone home. The one thing about our spirit guides and our angels is that they are in non-physical form. They will, however, upon occasion, present themselves to us in physical form. I have had uh, both angels and guides in spirit come to me in a physical body. Uh, the, The mechanics of that is really quite spectacular. We touched on that a little bit Uh, Last week on Walking with Spirit, myself, Neshi, and Sandy Herrick. But to say that each and every one of us walking this earth journey, walking a spiritual path, or just doing the best that we can to have this human experience, you know, to pay our bills and to get to work on time and to take care of ourselves and to be good human beings. Sometimes that's really all we feel maybe that we have the energy for is just to be able to do those things and to do them in a good way. And even when we are doing that and trying to do that in the best way that we can, I can assure you that you are walking with spirit, that you have guides in spirit, that you have angels who walk with you, 
who guide you. Perhaps you have animal spirits, we call them totems or familiars, that are walking with you. But no one, as far as I've ever observed in my 54 years, is walking without the guidance of spirit. To become conscious of that and consciously aware that we are walking with spirit requires then that we really take a look at what spirits are we walking with? What people are we walking with? What situations have we allowed in our lives and are we now walking with? When we talk about spirit, spirit is not in a vacuum. I happen to believe that the outer world is a reflection of our inner world and the unseen world is also a reflection of our inner world. When we're talking about shadow and light, I'm not giving shadow necessarily a bad name here, but we are going to talk for a little bit about darkness and maybe what we call evil. All of us have our shadow side. All of us have our light side. And sometimes the shadow side or the darker side of things is enhanced by the situations that we allow in our lives, by the people we allow in our lives, right? by what we are allowing, are we having good and safe boundaries? Most people, I believe, are tuning into the show tonight, not because they want to talk about their shadow self, but they want to talk about what about the shadow? What about shadow figures? What about shadow people? What about those dark times in our lives, the dark night of the soul, Dana? A lot of people want to ask me about that because not everybody necessarily wants to talk about the darkness, but the darkness does exist. And yes, we need darkness to see light, but I really am of the frame of mind that it doesn't always have to be polarity on this planet. And my hope is that perhaps one day this planet, this outpost called Grandmother Earth, will be not so much a planet of darkness and light, but a planet of light and love. And I don't see any reason why that can't be attained. But what is the darkness? What is shadow? How do we discern that? Well, when we talk about shadows in our lives, when we talk about darkness in our lives, I often say to people, your gut instinct tells you whether something is healthy for you or whether something is not healthy for you. We all know that. We can feel it in our gut. And no matter how many times we try to justify a relationship with somebody, a job that we are still working at, right? A situation in our lives, a thought process that we hold, whatever it happens to be, we can justify it all day long, but our heart and our mind, our divine mind, tell us that is not nourishing for your soul. There is something wrong here. I often say there's something rotten in Denmark, Right? There's something off here. We have to pay attention to that. And the further we progress along the spiritual journey, I somebody just asked me yesterday, it was Marianne. Marianne, this was a great question. She said, does it ever get easier? Dana, does it ever get easier, these tests that we go through? And really, you know, the answer to that is no. No. But as we go along our spiritual journey, the tools that we have 
the wisdom, hopefully, that we have gained, the knowledge that we have been seeking and engaging in should give us the tools to help us with the progression of seeing shadow and light and discerning shadow and light. Hey, Donna. Well, it's good to have you with us. Justifying, not, yes, Lady Hawk, thank you for saying that. Yeah, I'm really good at that, justifying, not trusting my gut enough. Yeah, we all go through times like that where we can justify just about anything that we know it isn't healthy for us or people in our lives that aren't healthy for us. Well, but they're family. Well, you know, blood is thicker than water, but they've been my friend for a 100 years. And yet, and yet, They feed the shadow. In other words, they keep us off balance. They keep us off balance. Balancing heaven and earth is about being firmly rooted to grandmother earth and about having wonderful boundaries, first in our physical life. First in our physical life. What do you allow into your body? What do you allow into your mind? What do you allow in your home, in your relationships? What do you allow? Where do the boundaries need to be fortified? The eclipse, this time that we're in right now, is a wonderful time to like uh, take a look at where our boundaries need to be fortified. And I'm not saying to become an island, right? I am a rock. I am an island. That's not what I'm saying, but it's about getting real with having really good boundaries in our lives. Who do we allow in? When do we allow them in? And do we ever say no? Do we ever say, say no? Or are our boundaries so tough and so thick and so high that we never allow anything in? Taking a look at strong boundaries, taking a look at unrealistic boundaries. Some people are the hermit. Some people are a rock and an island. So sometimes when we're taking a look at our boundaries, are we allowing love in? Are we allowing friendship in? And if we're not... Is it the shadow of past experiences, of past losses, etc., that are not allowing for a boundary that allows the give and the flow and the ebb, the ebb and the flow of love and friendship and joy and abundance into our lives? So first and foremost, as we're talking about this, where are your boundaries? Have you built Fort Knox around yourself and so nothing ever gets to you and, you know, there you are by yourself? Or are you so willy-nilly about it that you really don't have a life of your own, it's everybody else's life? And maybe not necessarily everybody else that you like. If this is going on in your physical life, it is also going on in your spiritual life. It is also going on in your spiritual life. And I just want to say something. Uh, BTR is acting up, so it may kick some of you in and out. Uh, But Lily is trying to do the best that she can to hold the fort down. Uh, If you have questions, please do go ahead and post them. Your thoughts, uh, please go ahead and post all of those. Yeah, Rob is saying all in all, it's just another brick in the wall. Hey, Meg. Hey, Cindy Lynn. That's right. So what are your boundaries like and why are they like that? Sometimes our past experiences and emotional traumas become our greatest shadows, preventing us from moving forward, 
preventing us from having a really wonderful relationship with spirit. Some people are so clouded by the past and so ensconced in the past, they've taken up residence there, that they wouldn't know what the present looked like if it knocked on the door and said, hello, I'm your present life. (laughs) Let's go have some fun. You can move past that now. So balancing heaven and earth means that we have to balance where are the scales off in allowing the ebb and flows in and out, or is there too much of that going on, right? Is your, is your house and your interior castle simply an open house all the time, people coming in, people leaving, et cetera, et cetera. Once we can discern and sit with, which really isn't all that hard, to sit with, you know, really, I need to move past that relationship. You know, it really is time for a new job. Maybe it's time to give this thing up. I have no more passion for it anyway. Maybe it's time for a new joy, a new passion. To sit, really take a look at that and discern it. Just because you enjoyed something 20 years ago doesn't mean you necessarily need to enjoy it now. If you've been a member of the Red Hat Society for 20 years and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about the Red Hat Society anymore. And, you know, maybe it's time to, you know, go beyond the Red Hat Society. That's just, of course, a metaphor for what we're talking about here. Because if we are in disarray or the walls are too tall in our physical life, our spiritual life is also in disarray. And the walls are too thick and too tall for us to come in. But let's talk about disarray for a moment. Jocelyn is saying, sometimes we need to build that brick wall to some people. Absolutely, Jocelyn. That's having good boundaries. That's having good boundaries. That's discerning. You know, where's all my energy going anyway? Gee, I thought, you know, I used to have a really great time with these people, but now when I leave these people, I'm drained. I feel as though every ounce of life force energy within me has been sucked out and drained away. I have been bled dry. We need to take a look at that and be realistic about that and fix that. Keep it real. Keep it real. People, There are certain people who drain you. Why do that to yourself? You know, but some people, uh, that's a whole show, right? We could do a show on martyrdom and martyrs. Maybe that'll be a different show. But anyway, discernment. In the shadow world or in the, uh, let's just say, in the non-physical world, there is, of course, a varying degree of light and love. A varying degree of light and love, just as there is on the physical plane. Because we know that like energies attract, see, here's this whole thing about our aura about the light that we exude. We think that only perhaps everybody on this side who happens to be clairvoyant or aura readers or just the people we're close to can feel our aura and sense it. Well, there's a whole lot more to our physical and non-physical body than the eye can see. And what we call the aura is not just a bunch of colors on a palette. Far more information within our aura that is recognized by the unseen world than most people have any idea of. Have you ever gone to an aura photographer, right, and you get the aura photo taken, and one day you're really green, it's like a mood ring, right? 
<laughs> sometimes the aura around you is green with some purple. Next time maybe it's yellow with some red, right? It's like this mood ring thing, but it's containing information. Those colors contain information about you. In the present moment, in the eternal moment of who you are, it's all in there. It's all neatly tucked in there. It's like you're walking around in your Akashic records sometimes. On the other side of the veil, your energy, your light is very well read by discarnate beings. By discarnate beings. And if your energy signature says, I have no boundaries in my physical life, I let people abuse me, I let people use me, I let people talk to me any old way, I perform ceremonies and rituals without any boundaries, I just go out there and do it because nobody said that I can't and nobody's the boss of me anyway, guess what? On the other side of the veil, all of that information is read. People will often say to me, Denise, why is it that some people, even at an early age, are visited by spirits more than other people? Why is that? Good, bad, and indifferent. Why do they get that? Well, their light contains information. Their auric light, their soul light, contains information that says to the, to the non-seen world, I'll use myself for an example, Dana can see spirits. Dana can hear spirit. Dana can feel spirit. Dana, blah, Dana, blah, blah, blah. All of this information. And so as a little girl, on the other side of the veil, just as we have here on this side of the veil, there are those beings that say, oh, well, that little girl can see. According to her light, her soul light, she can hear. She can feel. She can sense. And she can smell us. Well, I'm just going to have a little look-see at who that little girl is. I'm just going to peek in on her, and maybe I'm going to have a little fun with her. Maybe I'm going to scare her. Maybe I'm going to touch her. And as a child, unless you've been gifted with parents who understand that, you're kind of willy-nilly and at the whim of spirit who is reading your light. These are the charismatic gifts of the spirit we're talking about here, right? If somebody has a really big heart, because that's also a charism, a gift, if you are a loving, kind-hearted person, that is a gift from the creator that you carry, and it is in your light. It is in your soul light. People recognize it on this side of the veil, and they will either honor it and keep good boundaries with you, or they will walk all over your good nature and your big heart. Anybody out there experience that? Anybody have your heart walked all over out there because everybody just knows you've got a big heart, right? Same thing is true on the, in the unseen world. If you have a big, beautiful heart and no boundaries for that big, beautiful heart, on the other side of the veil, shadow and light says, I think I'm going to pay a little visit to Priestess Laura because you know what? She's got a really big heart and she's really generous with that heart. But it appears to me she also has boundaries. 
So yes, maybe I want to visit her. Maybe I'd like to deliver a message. Maybe I'd like to be in her space for right now. I'm just going to walk through her living room and check this out. But I am not going to test her. I am not going to play around with her because her soul light says, yes, she's got a big, beautiful heart, but this is a woman with boundaries. And I'm going to respect them. And I'm going to respect them. Yes, Lady Hawk, they take advantage. Yes. Oh, I like that. Okay. Um, Tracy is saying exactly, I felt like it was me and was getting blood dry. Yes. Yes, ma'am, I have to refuse to give up, but need to have more boundaries. Yes, boundaries are so important. If you are listening to me, most likely right now, it is because, (laughs) Meg is saying, neon sign in my aura, absolutely. It is because you probably have had spirit visitation. Maybe you've been watching, I don't know, ghost adventures or... uh, the dead files, and all of a sudden there's a shadow figure in your house as well too, right? Well, just watching TV changes our aura, right? We let our children sometimes watch really scary movies. There's really, you have, we have to have discernment even in that. We have to have discernment even in that. Because think about it. If you're watching a really scary movie, I always, of course, go back to the age of 12 when Kelly Holt, now Kelly Spencer, Um, took me to see The Exorcist. And, of course, Kelly, being a good Norwegian um, Lutheran person and me over here being the Catholic person, well, The Exorcist isn't about Lutheran people being possessed. It's about Catholic people being possessed. I'm only (laughs) the only Catholic in the two of us. And I was scared to nearly death. And even when I think about it to this day, there's a feeling that kind of comes up. And that feeling then shows up in my aura. It shows up in my energy because that feeling is energy. If we are allowing our children to watch uh, the hacksaw files or whatever it happens to be, people getting their heads chopped off and lobbed off and all those kinds of things, if it makes their adrenaline rush and it brings up fear in them, that's Fear is then in their energy. And guess what? Oftentimes it is the impetus for spirit visitations that are not very pleasant when they go to sleep that night. It may come in the form of physical visitations from spirit or nightmares. The same is true when we let our young people play violent video games. I am a real boy, I get on a soapbox about this because there are so many parents that um, really maybe they don't think about the fact that they let their kids watch violence in video games and on TV and go to the movies. And the kids are all revved up with fear, the adrenaline of fear and chaos in their mind. And they wonder why then all of a sudden things begin to happen in their house why things begin to happen in the lives of their children, not pleasant things in the children's dream time, waking time, right? Kinesthetic things happen. Psychokinetic things happen in the home. It's all based on our energy, all of it. If we feed ourselves on nothing but shadow, 
and I'm not talking about Carl Jung or any of, I'm not talking about the psychology of our beautiful shadow this evening. I'm talking about something different here. If we are continually feeding off of shadow, if we are continually being Eeyore or the Debbie Downer, or, you know, because some people, they build their life around lower vibration situations and emotions. Well, this builds up in our aura, everyone. And it attracts more of the same. Having a spiritual life doesn't mean you get a pass on being responsible for who you are. Doesn't mean you get a pass on being a responsible parent or grandparent or teacher or ceremonialist. In fact, what it means that once you know, you know, now that you know, you know, and you can't change that, and now you're responsible for what you know. It's not easy to tighten up boundaries. It's not easy to let down some walls, to be healthy. We're talking about health here, discerning what it is that needs to come into our lives to be more healthy, discerning what needs to be let go of in our lives to be more healthy on the physical plane, then means we will have a much more healthy experience in the non physical experiences of our life. Meg is saying, on some level, when we agree to watch a scary movie, we on some level say, I am open to this or curious. Yes. Yes. And Cindy Lynn, yes. Rob, mm -hmm. St. Michael is a badass spirit bouncer. Yep. Yep, there are, those are the practical things that we can do to be in balance, to allow our children to be in balance, right? What are we allowing? We're responsible to, you know, to a certain age for what our children are seeing in our home, right? Are permitted to see, oh, yeah, you can go over to so-and-so's house. I don't mind that, you know. There's violence that her, her dad beats her mother up every night. It's okay. You go over there, sunshine. Have a wonderful time, right? That's being practical about our spiritual path. In our aura is this magnificent energy, our soul energy, our soul light. As we move along on the spiritual path, there are initiations that are sent to us. There are various forms of spirit beings that come to visit us so that we can learn from them. There are teachers who come to us in the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Gemini is saying, I can't watch any kind of violence. Yeah, Yes, it's very, very difficult for me. Even to watch the ASPCA commercials, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. When I am watching uh, things on Facebook and I see an animal that's abused, it's, I can't look at that. I will donate and I will pray and all of those things, but for me to see any scene of violence uh, is very, very um, difficult for me. Yes, and for a child, mm-hmm. I once had a young lady who came to me. Actually, her mother brought her to me because she had gone to a sleepover. 
And during the course of the sleepover, these are eight-year-olds that are having a sleepover, by the way. And they were watching something like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at eight years old, right? Popcorn in their 90s and sleeping bags. And this young girl ended up phoning her mother later in the evening and saying, Mom, please come get me. Please come get me. I'm scared. Well, when this young person got home, eight years old, right, and her mother is an educator, a highly educated woman, an educator, and she just thought, well, it's a sleepover. It's a slumber party. How bad can it be, right? Had no idea that the feature movie for the night was something as gruesome as that. Well, what happened was the energy, of course, of this child was revved up and riled up, the ultimate result being that while she was at this birthday party with other eight-year-olds watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, think about this. If likes attract already those little eight-year-olds sitting there watching that movie are attracting from the other side of the veil those entities that would like to feed off of their fear, that would like to feed off of their adrenaline, no different than walking into a tavern and looking at all of the earthbound discarnate spirits that are feeding off of the alcohol that is being consumed by living people in the tavern. It's very vampiric. And it isn't always just uh, people with addictions, but it can also be a slumber party. It's exactly what happened. And the entities that chose to be with that young girl while she was watching this movie went home with her. And everything in the house changed. All of a sudden, there was movement going on in the house, right? Psychokinetic movement. Things were falling off of the walls. Things were moving about. There were sounds. There were growls. There were all of these things going on. And the night terrors began. The nighttime visitations began. So at eight years old, this young girl, her mother brought her to see me. And I taught her at eight years old, right, how to clear that energy out of her bedroom and out of the house. And we talked about light, and we talked about darkness, and we talked about how darkness attracts more darkness. So that by the time that she left being with me, after an hour or so, she was fully equipped. I helped her through the first process of clearing the energies out of her thoughts, out of her mind, out of her heart, out of her emotions, out of her psyche, and out of her home. The same thing happens to us. If we are continually hanging around with negative people, with negative thoughts, right, addictions, those behaviors, those activities attract. We have to discern. We have to discern. And saying all of that, even with the eight-year-old child, um, she learned the value of her life. When, I, when she left, I asked her, I said, what did you learn from me today? She's so cute. What did you learn from me today? Would you tell your mother? Would you share with me what you felt you learned? And she looked right at me and she said, I learned the power of the love in my heart. That's what I learned today. The love in my heart is very powerful, isn't it, Miss Denise? And I said, well, it most certainly is. It is the most 
powerful thing in all of the universes and all of the galaxies. The love in your heart is the most powerful force in the universes. She said, well, I know that now. And from now on, I'm going to ask before I go to a sleepover what kind of show they're going to watch. Right? So already at eight years old, setting boundaries. Not easy for an eight-year-old to say, well, I'll come to your house, but what are you going to watch first? Because you might not be a cool kid anymore if you say, I'm not watching that. I don't want to watch that. It upsets me. Right? But those are good boundaries already at eight years old. I know a lot of adults that don't have those strong of boundaries. Right? Yes. So discerning, discerning, understanding that at any given time, our thoughts are attracting entities to us. Discarnate spirits, always, 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 always. That's why you very rarely uh, will see me in a bar or anything like that because, number one, I feel sad for all of the people, you know, (laughs) that are earthbound that are still trying to get, um, what do we want to say, high, right, or an energetic feed from alcohol and the energy of alcohol. There's an energy to alcohol, the spirit of alcohol, right? There is a spirit of alcohol. There's a spirit of joy. There's a spirit of malfeasance. There's a spirit of passion. All of those things, those energies, right, have spirits that are associated with them. It's up to us to discern which is good for us and which is bad. Sometimes we know on the physical plane that there are people who present themselves to us, right? Wearing the mask of Pollyanna or the mask of decency or the mask of friendship, right? They present themselves one way to us. And perhaps for a little bit of time, we might say, well, huh, well, they seem like a really nice person. They seem like a generous person. They seem like they have integrity. All the while, maybe in our gut or in our heart, there's a little bit of us saying, I don't know really about that person. There's just something there. There's something in their energy. There's something about their presence. I'm not really certain of I'm not really certain of. And sometimes we wait until the mask falls off and they reveal who they truly are, right? One of those teachers that teaches us in the reverse, it's called the teaching of the coyote or the coyote teaching. Our teachers come in many shapes and many sizes and many forms, right? Can also be known as the lessons of the heoka, the contrarians those things that we learn through the darkness, right? I say, if you kind of detect that in somebody, pay attention to what your gut is telling you before you fall all in, right? Before you fall all in, pay attention to what is your gut saying to you about that person, about their energy, just something. Just pay attention, especially you people with really big hearts. Pay attention to what your gut is saying. Even though your heart is saying, oh, love them anyway. They're just a beautiful, beautiful child of, you know, of the universe. And pay attention. Yes, everybody's a child of the universe. Everybody's a being of light, right? We're all here doing our thing. (laughs) Some people are doing their thing in the light. Some people are doing their thing in the dark. 
up to them based on their soul experience, but your soul doesn't have to experience it with them, right? Man, they dragged me right down to the depths of that despair. I went right with them, glug, glug, glug. What was I thinking? I knew. I felt it. I went anyway. They took me right down to the bottom of that lake with them. And I knew. Pay attention to what you know. Pay attention to what you know. Pay attention to those little niggles. Hey, these are lessons I've had to learn myself. Trust me, everybody. I've been called a Pollyanna more than once and for good reason. I'm kind of like toughening up a little bit in my, in my years now. I've become a bit wiser about things on the physical plane. I've been pretty wise about things on the non-physical, but I've gotten even wiser about that because I've become wiser in my discerning on the physical plane. That's where it starts. We're here having a human experience. Same thing is true as if you're going to a ceremony. Boy, here's a tough one that I had to learn before I was really doing too many ceremonies. Oh, my goodness. Going to a ceremony, just because somebody tells you they're a shaman, just because somebody tells you they're a ceremonialist, just because somebody tells you they're a medicine person or a minister or whatever it happens to be, Pay attention to your gut and do a little research. Discern. Discern for yourself. Where did you learn your shamanic practice? Who taught you the medicine ways? Who taught you that? Who gave you your altar? Who gave you that bundle? Right? Who ordained you? Who taught you how to do that ceremony? How many times have you done that ceremony? I still feel the effect. Um, almost 10 years later, almost 10 years later, I still feel the effects of a shaman who uh, I trusted, and I did a fire walk with this person. I did okay going through the fire walk, did just fine, made it. Luckily, the dude in front of me is a doctor, Dr. Bob Huttinga, love the man. Right? He did the fire walk. I did the fire walk. There we were, and we both turned around, and here was a woman. Here's a woman walking through the fire walk, red coals with a cane, (laughs) with diabetes. And I looked, and the doc looked, and he looked at me and said, I'm going to get my medical bag. And I said, I'm going to go help get her out of the fire. Right? Next thing you know, I was helping this woman who was trying to die. The the burns were so bad. And then the burns for me became so bad, and my feet and my ankles still suffer from the second and third degree burns that I had on both of the bottoms of my feet. For me, I called my mentor at that time, Wakian Snamani, and I said to him, Wakian, I've been burned. And he said, yeah, I know my guides are telling me that that person let that ceremony fall. He should never have been doing that ceremony. Never go back to a ceremony from that person, he said to me. And who was that lady that got stuck in the middle? He could see that all the way from Pine Ridge because his spirit guides were looking. He said, you took that woman's burns for her. That's why your feet are burned. Your feet weren't burned until you touched her. I said, exactly. My feet were fine until I touched her but she begged me not to let her die. So I did what I could do. It wasn't up to me whether or not she was going to die, but I did the best that I could with what I know how to do. 
And he said to me later, my feet were in bandages for nearly a year, for nearly a year. And he said to me a couple days later, he called me and he said, so what did you learn from that man? I said, I learned about being responsible for ceremonies. And I learned about the integrity some people really don't have because he let that woman walk through his ceremony because he said he could cure her. And Joaquin said to me, nobody cures anybody, right? Spirit cures. We cure ourselves. And so I suffer with these feet that I have every day and every night. But they remind me. They remind me of integrity and keeping integrity in my work. In the morning when I stand up, some mornings it's very hard for me to stand on my feet. They're so painful. It reminds me of a teaching that I learned in the dark and a woman who nearly died because somebody wasn't using integrity. It's a hard way to learn a lesson a hard way to learn a lesson. And if I had listened to my gut instinct in the very beginning of it all, none of us would have walked. That was another lesson that I learned in discernment. In discernment. This is also true in spirit. Sometimes we are visited. Yeah, Gemini. Yeah, those red flags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, you know, when Todd first really began to, you know, discover this thing about my feet, (laughs) um, it's not really a story that I share that often, right? But I shared it tonight. And it was interesting, too, the first time that I gave a public lecture at a university, uh, probably six months after the burn, sitting there in the front row was the shaman. And my feet were all wrapped up like a mummy. I had to wear Birkenstocks for a very long time. And I still, I prefer to have open-toed shoes now because, frankly, it's what feels best on my feet because of the burns and all of the scar tissue in both of my feet. But anyway, he was sitting there in the front row watching me speak. And I was probably still using a cane at the time. Um, He never did apologize to me. Um, his his apology was, well, they all signed a disclaimer and they're all adults. It was their risk to do this with me. That's what I heard him say. Right. So the karma of that, see, because karma comes into play with that as well. Karma comes into play with that as well. Okay. Tracy Civic is saying, I trusted a teacher. She wanted to do reverse wave therapy on me. I was in the stroke. I was in the stroke unit that night and seeing hundreds of faces, her multiple personality past was put into me. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for that, Gemini. Oh, you're welcome for that. See, we all learn through discerning, and sometimes the discerning is, oh, crap. (laughs) Discern this now, right? Oh, Tracy, that's dreadful. It's okay to ask questions. If somebody says to me, Dana, if somebody is, you know, intelligent enough to, to about things, you all are, 
to say, so Blue Thunder Woman, you know, where did you learn these ways? Who taught you these things? Well, I'm not too proud or have this big ego that says, well, it's none of your business. It's a great question. It's a wonderful question. Where did you learn these things? Well, nobody taught me how to be clairvoyant. I was born that way. Nobody taught me how to be clairaudient. I was born that way. But where do I learn some of these things? I'm happy to say that I I learned from various teachers. Some of those teachers have taught me in very painful ways, kind of like what you experienced, Tracy. Thank you for asking. Yes, thank you for telling us about that. Some of my greatest teachers are the people who have put me through the greatest trials and the greatest fires in my life, and we can't always avoid them, everyone. No matter how much discernment we can have, there are certain aspects of our life that are not going to be fun, initiations that are so excruciating, we may not even be able to breathe through them, but we get through them. And then the question is, what do we do with it? Do we remain in the shadow of what shadow taught us? Or do we bring that shadow into the light of a new day and into a higher wisdom teaching? Wisdom teaching. Some of the teachings, some of the spirits come to us. We need to discern. We need to discern if we're somewhere and a spirit comes to us. And sometimes they look all nice, right? Sometimes spirits can appear to us as children, to disguise themselves, kind of like people who wear masks until the mask falls off, right? My dad, the Sarge, used to say, if somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Once the mask comes off and you see who they are, believe believe that. Some people change, most don't, right? But when a mask falls off, pay attention to that. I was never going back to that quote-unquote shaman for anything, let alone another firewalk, right? I think they're in the end of it, uh, 15 or 20 of us were severely burned. And his whole reaction to it was, well, you were all adults and you signed the papers. So, um, But in spirit sometimes, spirits can come to us. And they may look, oh, very pleasing, but maybe there's a niggle in our gut that says, well, you look okay, but you don't feel right. You look okay, but you don't feel right. Be gone with you. You know, I'm being visited by this spirit. They look okay. and they look, they look like Goldilocks, but I don't think it's Goldilocks. Michael, Archangel, please help the spirit go away from me. It's okay. If you're uncomfortable with a spirit that comes to see you, it's okay to tell them or ask them to leave. It's okay to do that. In my years, there are very dark spirits that will try to disguise themselves as, I like to say, Goldilocks right, some very unthreatening uh, form. And they can look as cute as Shirley Temple or whatever. And if my gut says to me, this is not a good spirit, this doesn't feel right, even in a ceremony, be gone with you, get away from me, or I will have my guides and spirit take care of them. And I've shared with all of you the experience that I had at that house ceremony many years ago by a woman who was a newly created medicine woman who wanted to use my NEP out on Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. And she ended up hurting people. And the next day asking me, what happened to my spirits? What went on in there? That that spirit wouldn't come in. What was with all the spiders all over the place, right? 
My question to her was, who trained you? People were sick after your ceremony. They were vomiting all over the place, right? Who taught you? And they said you could do this work? Well, no, they never said I could do it, but I knew I was ready. That was her answer to that. Yeah, my sister Barbara said, will you talk to her? I said, I'll talk to her. Here I was, right? Here I was. Learned another lesson about that too, didn't I? Don't let just anybody use your sweat lodge, even if they say they're a medicine woman. Don't just let anybody pour waters inside your lodge. It's your lodge for a reason. And you should have asked, who trained you? I didn't want to be rude. Well, now I would be very rude about that. And since that occasion, I have had occasions to ask the question, um, who taught you anyway? And I'm not really certain I like what was going on in there. I've become a little more bold and brazen about that. We learn from it, right? We learn the art of discernment sometimes, right? So even in that wonderful UEP ceremony, I knew something was wrong because my guides were looking at me saying, Blue Thunder Woman, we can't let those spirits in. We're not letting those spirits in, Blue Thunder Woman. And my sister Barb, she looked down at me. She knew something was going on because these spirits wouldn't come into the ceremony. And Barb just looked at me like, what are you up to? And the rest of the story unfolded. And I said, that woman is never to do any more inipis inside my inipi. Yeah, I know, I know, Matankala. Because sometimes when we don't know what we're doing, if you don't know, don't do it. Right? Don't be who you're not and don't say what you don't know. Be who you're not and don't say what you don't know. Right, this Sunday evening, I'm pouring inipi after the medicine wheel teachings. My sister Delmarie, she said, Tonkala, will you, will you pour inipi on Sunday evening? Four of my sisters are coming into town. Cheryl Noisy Hawk, who runs Gather Our Children Home. Barbara Dullknife, you all know Barb. Delmarie Bradfield, you all know Delmarie. And my sister Della Badwound. All four of them are coming in. I'm performing a wedding on Saturday for a family member. And then Sunday, Delmarie is teaching. Sunday evening, we will be having NEP. Well, prior to NEP, a very dear friend of mine called and asked about a naming ceremony, changing his name and wanting a ceremony to honor that. Well, rather than just me saying, hey, well, I can just do a little naming ceremony. Why not? I can do that for you at the NEP. There have been people that have received their spirit name through me. This is something completely different. If spirit says to me, uh, your husband's name is now he sings, then Todd's spirit name, if it comes into ceremony like that, his, his spirit name is Oluwan. He sings. He sings the sacred song, Oluwan. But before I said it to him, I made sure I had the, the spelling of that name correct. Well... Here we are back to the naming ceremony. That's very different than a spirit naming ceremony. It's somebody changing their name. Rather than just say, well, yeah, I can do that. Hey, not a problem. Let's just whip up a little something, something, and uh, we'll, we'll take care of that. No. I immediately got a hold of Del Marie. And I said, Del Marie, this is the situation. How shall we handle this? Can it be handled? Del Marie 
who's 65 years old, deferred it to our eldest sister, Della Badwound, who is 77. And Della then said to Delmarie, this is how we will take care of it. Let Mitankala know this is how we're going to handle it. So rather than me, I went up the pipeline, right, to Delmarie, and Delmarie wasn't certain because we, we're dealing with spiritual matters here. She asked our eldest sister, Della Badwound. Della knows Della is a walking, I don't know what she is, a walking encyclopedia of, I don't, just whatever. She's astounding. I'm so happy so many of you get to meet her on Sunday. So we didn't just say, let, yeah, let's just put a little something together and have, a, you know, some Ritz crackers and cheese, and it'll be, it'll be great. No, there are certain foods that we will be having. Everybody who's there Sunday evening will watch how this is done and see how it's done. But to know that it wasn't something we just decided to do willy-nilly. No, there's much planning. Why? Because we're having ceremony. We're having sweat lodge purification ceremony. When I call in spirit for those ceremonies, I know which spirits I'm supposed to call in. I know who my allies are. Many of you have experienced them. When Todd sings the sacred songs, they are sung in, in a particular order. And they are particular songs sung in a particular order. No different than if you go to Catholic Mass, right? There's an order of Mass. There is an order of Inipi, of all ceremonies that are sacred. All ceremonies that are sacred. If you want them to be really, truly sacred, right? These are ancient ceremonies that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about everybody getting together and to do some drumming and things. I'm talking about ceremonies that you're either running or that you are attending. If I don't know who to call in and Todd doesn't know the songs, we're all in a world of hurt, right? The great news is I've got four of my sisters there Sunday evening that will help to teach me even more and to perfect it even more so that when the NEP is going, it can be the fullness of the fullness of the fullness of the ceremony right down to the renaming ceremony. Not done without thought because the minute the fire starts, the sacred fire starts, spirit knows ceremony is going to happen here. If the fire starts in a good way, we draw good spirits. If the fire is just, well, let's, you know, have a fire and throw the cigarette butts in it into the sacred fire and have a little hooch around the, guess what? Those are the kind of spirits we're going to attract to that sacred fire. Nobody, guarantee you, nobody wants to be a part of any of that ceremony, right? Which is why we have what we call protocols. Protocols. Spirit knows what the boundaries are with my ceremonies. Spirit knows what your boundaries are. Spirit knows what your boundaries are in your physical life and in your spiritual life. If you don't have any, then spirit has no boundaries with you. It's a free-for-all. It's a free-for-all. So ask questions. Ask questions. Even, you know, this book, I'm at the final iteration. I got the final edits for prayers and incantations to the light. This book should be out in the next month or so. It's nearly 200 pages of prayers and incantations and journal entries. 
And I'm kind of happy with the way that this book has come together. Every one of these incantations, every one of these prayers that I've written, I didn't just whip them up and say, voila, well, there's something to fill some pages. Over and over. This, is, this book is four years in the making. Four years in the making. In this book, I talk about ceremonies, creating ceremony, preparing people for ceremony. What do you use to do that? How do you do that? How do you clear a sacred object? How Blah, 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 blah. There it is. Ceremony went into this book of ceremonies. Spirit knows. What about those buggers that even though we've got really good boundaries in our physical and non-physical world, what about those buggers that sneak in anyway? Anybody have that happen? You have, you know, the hatch is pretty well buttoned down and you still get a, you know, malfeasance something or a dark shadow or one of those kind of visitations and you're wondering, but wait a minute, I have my crystal grid up. I'm in my bubble of light. I have my incense going. I'm thinking good thoughts and they got in anyway. What the heck? I'm a failure. No, what it means is you're ready for the next level of your teachings. Pay attention to what that spirit taught you. Pay attention to what that spirit taught you. Pay attention to what that situation taught you, what that person taught you. Geez, Denise, I've been through this so many times, you'd think I'd wisen up by now. Well, apparently you needed to learn something and take it to the next level of wisdom. That's what I have to say about that. The bottom line is with discerning shadow and light, if you see a shadow figure in your house, shadow figures are not typically good. Oftentimes they are discarnate, earthbound spirits passing through. Well, if you're okay with earthbound, discarnate spirits passing through your living room, catching your attention for a minute, all righty, okay, just hope they don't gather their friends and make it a party place. But if you don't want the shadow figure, you don't have to have the shadow figure. Because when you know, hey, that shadow figure doesn't belong in here, it's kind of creepy, it's giving me a really bad feeling, and I feel like I can't breathe when it's around, tell it to go away. If you've got people in your life acting like that, tell them to go away, right? Or you go away from them. If you know something is not good for you, why are you doing it? If you like to live on the edge with spirit, well, there's not much I can help you with that. Shadow spirits come in to your room, your children's bedroom, your grandchild's bedroom. Tell that thing to go away. It's not wanting to take your uh, orders. Well, call upon the archangels, right? Michael, Uriel, Raphael, Gavrael. Go away. You do not belong here. You don't belong here. Before you go to bed at night, you just don't have to fall asleep and hope for the best. Well, I'm going to go to bed tonight, and hopefully, hopefully I get left alone or I'm visited by magnificent angels before you go to bed tonight. Ask your guardian angels, your guides in spirit, to help you have a sleepful night, a restful night. If you don't, have a restful night anyway. Keep practicing that. 
Perhaps there's something that you're supposed to learn in the restlessness or the dream state. Right, boy, last night I had a doozy. Oh, my goodness. Before I went to sleep, I was like, okay, peeps, I need to be in my body. I need rest. I need rest. Tomorrow is my daughter's 25th birthday. I'd like to be in a really good place for her. She's got so much going on in her life. I want to be rested and perky. Oh, no. No, no, no. That isn't anything what happened at all. At all. And I woke up thinking, what the heck? Boy, that's quite a team you people are, right? And so I just sat with it for a while. Sat with it in a cup of coffee. Some wakalapi, right? I just got a note from my brother Wayne, American horse, before the show tonight. I always send him coffee, and he was sending me a wakalapi thank you. But anyway... There I was having a cup of coffee and thinking about the dream. Well, there was a message in the dream. There was a deep message in the dream, and it pertained to my daughter's birthday today and something that she's dealing with. Oh, so I needed to dream that last night anyway. The reason I'm saying this is you're not a failure if your boundaries get let, you know, let down or built up too high in the physical, non-physical life, it's about being aware and awake about boundaries and discerning what is nourishing to your soul and your life and what is not and doing something about it. And it's not to say that the situations in life, the initiations of life aren't going to happen. Spirits are going to pass through What are we to learn from it? What are we to discern from the dark night of the soul? What are we to discern from the initiations of life? Or do we let them consume us? You know, some bullies on the playground of life are hoping they can knock the wind out of our sails. Anybody know anything about that, Nikki Jorgensen, right? Sometimes we have people, sometimes they pose themselves as our friends and our allies, right, who want nothing more than to knock the wind out of our sail and knock us off course. And when that happens, it can be very painful, right? It is painful. We've all been through that. And so we have to stop with or without a cup of wakalapi and think, what have I learned? And am I going to let it knock the wind out of my sails? Am I going to let it dim my light? Or am I going to say, well, you know what? I just learned something about myself and about life around me, and I'm going to shine my light anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. Because then we have to discern why are we here? Last Friday, I was having lunch with my spiritual director from the Dominican Center. She's a Dominican associate. Talked about her a little bit yesterday on the show. Charmaine really saved my life 23 years ago because I was at the end of my rope, almost literally, um, trying to decide and understand how I can live this life that I have trying to focus on the physical world because really I'm always walking in the spiritual world. For me, it's reversed. And she she really, 
after all of the testing and things that I had to go through with the Catholic Church, she really saved my life when she said to me, you know, Denise, the fact is you're a sensitive, you're a seer, and that's how the church recognizes you. And you need to have boundaries. And you need to decide, are you going to do your work on behalf of the light? Or are you going to do your work on behalf of the darkness? And I want you to say it to me right out loud right now. I looked at her and I said, Charm, what? She said, I want you to say right out loud, right now in front of me, the work of my soul is the work of the light. I shall always work on behalf of the light. I want you to say it right out loud, and I did. felt kind of good to say it. She said, because, you know, a lot of people have spiritual gifts, and just because they have spiritual gifts doesn't mean they're walking the path of light or that they're using them in the light or for the light or for the benefit of others. Some people have spiritual gifts. They walk in the darkness, and they use their gifts to manipulate and harm others. It's all a choice. As your spiritual director here at the Dominican Center, I'd like to know which choice you're making. It helps me discern who you are. Right now, she's 23 years ago, and I hadn't seen her to really sit and have a conversation in 20 years until last Friday. 20 years. For those of you that live in Grand Rapids, go to the Cherie Inn, C-H-E-R-I-E Inn, right there in East Town. Her son, Michael, owns it. I've always been a fan of that restaurant. But there we were in this magnificent little bistro owned by her son. And she looked at me and she said, I'm curious about something, Denise. How high has the cost been to you to walk your path? I've been tracking your career for 20 years now. I've been watching, you know, social media, on the Internet, whatever. I've been tracking your work. How high has the cost been for you to walk the path of light? And I looked at her and I said, the cost has been enormous. She said, I knew you were going to say that because there's always a cost when we walk in the light. There's always a cost when we walk our soul's path. I said, well, you want to know something, Charm? As vast as the cost has been, the beauty that my soul has experienced by walking the path of my soul on behalf of the light, has been twice as enormous as the losses. And sometimes it's just between me and God, the beauty that I see, and the conversations that are had. But the beauty has been twice that of the cost. And I know you all know what I'm talking about when I say, what has the cost been for you to walk your soul path? to walk on behalf of the light, to have boundaries in walking the light, right? learning more about the light from the darkness. There is a cost. It is an earthly cost. At the end of our days, when we look back at the beauty, and at the end of our days on earth, when we all come back together again, see, imagine that Tuesday mornings, all of us on the other side, right? Wednesday evenings, all of us on the other side going, hey, remember that time we all chatted about that on that Wednesday night, August 23rd, 2017? Remember that? Wow, we were all together that night in the physical. Here we are in the spiritual. Boy, and what we've learned. 
same thing happens with our family members and our friends. Oh, thank you for being, you know, for being an ass for me to learn from. Thank you for being absolutely horrible to me so that I could really come to understand my strength and my light. Thank you for being so mean and awful while we were there that I came to understand the value of a kind and loving soul. Thank you for that. You helped me to discern. You helped me to discern. You helped me to find my light in the shadow. You helped me to find my light and strengthen my light in the darkness. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Oh, my goodness, I'm just taking a little look-see at the time. Lily, I am so sorry. I have gone over. I just got on such a little roll right there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, So I guess I just better wrap it up for the evening. What I'd like to say to, to each and every one of you is that the world right now needs your light. It needs your love. It needs your joy. It needs your passion. It needs your uniqueness. It needs your wisdom the wisdom that you have gained through the experiences of your life have made you who you are today. Celebrate that. Celebrate that. Bring that to the table every day, the table of life every day. Shine that. Be that. That is who you are. Shine your light. The cost has been high. The cost will continue. But also, the blessing always outweigh the cost, always. We have to discern where those blessings come from and how they came to us. Each and every one of you is a blessing to me. Each and every one of you is a blessing to me. And for that, I am grateful. I am grateful. Blessings be, everyone. I look forward to seeing many of you on Sunday. And uh, again next Tuesday morning. Thank you so much, Lily, for letting me go over. Good night, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Balancing Heaven and Earth Radio Show with Denise Iwana. On the Star Nations Radio Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.